Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Hour number two, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. Warriors This Week, we're with you until one o'clock. Phone lines open, but the phone lines are also full mm-hmm. right now. 888-957-9570. Quick reset. Full day of Warriors coverage here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors and the Mavs tonight. Quick look at the injury report, Whitey. Warriors uh, in this one, Steph Curry listed as probable. Draymond questionable with right calf tightness. Kept him out of the game in Denver. Clay Thompson is questionable as well with what is deemed to be a non-COVID illness. On the Mavs side of things, no Luka Doncic, a heel contusion. He got banged up a couple of nights ago uh, in the Mavs win over the Pelicans. Spencer Dinwiddie will play. He had been listed as as questionable, uh, but he will be out there. Uh, Christian Wood is out. Uh, as well with a with a broken thumb. So no Luka or Wood, but Dinwiddie will play, and then we'll see what happens, Whitey, as far as the Warriors with Draymond and Clay. Clay, a new addition with the non-COVID illness. Uh, so we'll find out probably officially around 345 when Steve Kerr meets with the media. And as we mentioned earlier, you could understand some Warrior fans getting a little nervous over Draymond with uh, calf tightness because that's what he had last year when Clay came back and he had to limp off the floor and it ended up being related to his back and he missed two months. There's no reason to think they're related. I know Steve Kerr said on our station, he said, I don't think it's anything, so hopefully it's not. But it's something, obviously, that we'll be keeping an eye on. Absolutely, and we're keeping an eye on the trade deadline uh, as well. Is there a move for the Warriors to make uh, at the deadline? I feel like they need to do something. They need an infusion and we're also trying to figure out uh, just why this team can't continue to close games down the stretch. The Minnesota game haunting them, as Steve Kerr mentioned in his interview with Damon and Ratto yesterday here on 95.7 The Game. All right, full phone lines, so let's get to them. Uh, Duck Sauce is up first here in the top of the second hour on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Duck Sauce? Hey, good morning, J.D. Whitey. Uh, great hey. show as always. Uh, just had a couple quick takes, and then I wanted to end with a question for both of you guys. Yeah, fire away. You got it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the first one was uh, just kind of on the turnovers. Uh, I mean, anyone who's watched this dynasty over the years, we know it's kind of been the Achilles heel, even when you know, even on the great years. Um, but to me, it's more the context of the turnover, meaning you know the ones that happen in the front court where they're running misdirection and you know back courts and all that. Stuff beautiful stuff they do like i you know those kind of come with the territory so i can live with those because that's just part of you know their me think you know their their offense is organic to me that way so i'm okay with those it's it's the ones in the backcourt where and to me draymond's just as guilty as steph you know they try to throw it over the top you know real lazy sometimes these outlet passes getting picked off in the fourth quarter it's just showing a complete lack of focus and and and, you know, people can say the Warriors turn the ball over all the time. They always have. Yes, that's true. But it, it, to me, it's the type of turnover that drives me crazy. Um, the second take was um, kind of on the, you know, inserting Jordan Poole into the, into the starting lineup uh, recently. Uh, I, I, I agree there's a lot of great things, you know, to, that goes with that small lineup. But I just kind of, to me, Kurt's kind of showing his hand a little early there. Uh, I know it's not the first time we've ever went small, but. You know, each year is different, and to me, that's something you would kind of want to save for the playoffs. So, 
it, it, it's showing a bit of desperation to me. And I, you know, I'm curious to see what you guys think about that too. And then my last question, uh, my last thing I wanted to say is a question. Uh, the, the Brooklyn game, he didn't close with Wiggins at all. And, um, the Minnesota game, he, he didn't, yeah, Wiggins played the entire overtime. I get that, but he went in with 50 seconds left in regulation, meaning it really wasn't in Kerr's plans to close with Wiggins, even though he did end up closing that game. So, you know, I, I understand how poorly he's been, particularly at the rim. He hasn't been finishing. But my question to you guys is, isn't that a little odd? Like, you got to go with your, your guys at the end. I know Devin Chendle's been great, but to me, you got to go with your closers no matter how bad they're playing. And I'll take that, that one off the air. Thanks for the time, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think it's an indicator, and, and thanks, Duck Sauce. I, I think it's an indicator, Whitey, that Wiggins is not Wiggins right now. Right, and whether that's physical that, or that, something else. But I'm assuming it's yeah, mostly and, physical, but yeah. And and so Steve Kerr is, is thinking that another player on that night is going to give more than, than Wiggins. And, and typically I would agree. You, you ride your, your guys down the stretch. And I think in the playoffs Steve Kerr will do that. But I just think Wiggins is not – He's not himself, and I think you're right. I think the health component is is part of it. As, as far as the lineup change, uh, again, to me it's more about who you're finishing the game with than who – like I, I think Jordan Poole in the starting lineup, like, I think that can work. We've had a couple of texters mentioned on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Maybe Jordan Poole shouldn't be as automatic to close games down the stretch. Maybe you don't go three-guard lineup to close games – could there be a compromise there uh, as far as, you know, run that lineup to begin each half? It's not necessarily going to get you killed in those instances, but but down the stretch, maybe you do need a DiVincenzo or a Kaminga or, or a Looney out there. Yeah, I think it depends on, on matchups, but I also think Duck Sauce was right on the money with his other point, talking about the turnovers. And longtime Warrior fans know you go back to when Steph was first here. You know, he's turned the ball over too often. He still, you know, makes some of those lazy passes, as Duck Sauce called them. He and Draymond both lazy passes. Steph with a left-handed pass sometimes is like, what are you doing? So that's the frustrating thing. I do, I agree. I think to, to an extent, some of the turnovers are a byproduct of the offense they run. It's not as structured, so there are going to be times when I pass it to you because I thought you're going that way and because we the, there's no set play, and you don't. So th- those are going to happen. But the bad turnovers at the end, and the, I mean, Steph's turnover um, against Minnesota yeah. when he threw it to Draymond and Draymond wasn't looking, that's about as bad as I've ever seen. That's Harry High School. It is. I mean, it, I actually did re- that in high really school. Once. Yeah, you're right. It's, it absolutely uh, it's, is. It's actually, it's actually Maddie Middle School, I think. It's... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Ernie Elementary wait, School wait, almost, but not yeah, quite. Yeah, not 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 good, and yeah. and and there have been too many of of those, and it's it's been costly between those and the shot turnovers. I, I think you know, Minnesota, the Warriors took a ton of bad shots. It was just let's make a if let's make a couple of threes to save us is what it felt like. Yeah, in, in that yeah. game, just if any one of these threes goes in, we're going to win the game, and then they missed every one of them down the stretch and in the overtime. I think it speaks to a lack of trust or faith in the way the offense is functioning right now, too. I think that's part of it, too. There's this, Duxaw says, there's some desperation from the coach with his lineups, perhaps, but also you can see that down the stretch in some of these games, one of the reasons they're not executing is because even the best players on the floor don't have the faith in what they're doing. Remember, the Spurs were so good for years. At the end of a game, they were so good because they'd been through it so many times and knew what they were doing and where everybody was going to be, and we're not seeing anything like that with the Warriors right now. 888-957-9570. Sean and Hayward next on Warriors This Week here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Sean? Hey, how's it going today, guys? Good. Uh, so Good. a couple things. Um, first of all, with, with Andre Iguodala, uh, so you know, I know he's been out a lot this year. Is it possible for the Warriors to basically offer him a retirement package with some kind of a coaching deal in there so that he could – because I, I think it would, he would be a – a good person to have on a coaching staff. He's obviously got the knowledge and everything, and even now he passes that on to the players. But if he was no longer a player, at least they free up a roster spot, you know, to potentially give to somebody else. And then again, the big topic of turnovers. Uh, you know, they're in years past uh, they had the high level shooting, especially with with 
with Kevin Durant was there, and then also uh, you know Clay and Steph shooting better, and uh, they uh, they had the, the the additional defense um, to kind of make up for those turnovers. So you know they had they scored more, they scored better, and they could also stop teams after they tur- turn the ball over. And now they're lacking those, and so they have to be more more disciplined. But um, it just seems as though if the team really hasn't developed an increased discipline to value the ball more. And is that kind of a cultural thing you think with the, with, with the team where they really don't see that uh, the players, maybe the coaching staff gets it, but the players don't really see that as a key issue that they really have to focus on. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I think at times, I mean, Steve Kerr's even downplayed the, the turnovers a, a little bit Whitey, as, Hey, that's kind of part of what we do. The careless ones need to be limited, but I, I think Sean's point is spot on and excellent with respect to, in the past, the Warriors shot it a little better, and so they could they could win anyway, and yeah, the turnovers are a problem, but look at the great shot that Clay or Steph or somebody hit down the stretch. They won the game, and you just brush it aside. Now not as many of those shots are falling, so the turnovers are more costly, and the defense not being as good as well to cover some of the extra possessions that, that the Warriors are giving up with those turnovers have, have put them in, in position to where they, they, you know, some of these games that would be wins anyway have, have turned into losses. And, and at some point, some of it, one aspect of it has to change, whether you get a little more buttoned up with the turnovers. And again, it's, it, it's just not having the one where Steph throws it to Draymond out of bounds in the backcourt. Like, those are the ones that just can't happen. You can live with some of the other ones, but yeah, this team's just not good enough, Whitey, in other areas to be as careless as they have been at times, which they have been in the past, but they win and nobody really cares because they win and it's the focus is on what they did well to win. We can all agree the Warriors have very smart players, very smart in terms of just their intelligence and also, you know, the old basketball IQ. You don't have a high basketball IQ without understanding the value of the basketball. So I don't think it's a matter of them not understanding the value of the basketball. If anything, and it is puzzling because it's been going on for so long, I think it relates to what Steve Kerr said uh, after the last loss, which is we have to execute before we could get away with things. We didn't have to execute well down the stretch. We could still win. We don't have that uh, margin for error now. So I think the Warriors are going to have to look at, you know, they 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 see things. So they're, they're, they're great visionaries, have great court vision, so you take risks that now you can't afford to take. Now that one with Dream On was just a weird miscommunication. But some of the passes, you, they just have to accept that, yeah, we're great passers, but we can't afford to take the risks that we did before because our margin for error right now is so much slimmer. 888-957-9570. Let's go to Zach in Foster City next on Warriors this week. Hey, Zach. Hey, thanks Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, just a, a couple of things, sort of good news and bad news. Uh, first of all, I think that the, the the bad news is, you know, the Warriors are a pretty old basketball team, their core. You know, if you look at NBA stats, as I do, I'm kind of a stats guy, um, you know, you see that NBA players tend to peak performance-wise, that are around 26 years old. They seem young, but that's the reality of it over the last 20 years. And between 26 and 30, most players kind of hang in, and they may dip a little, but they're still strong. And by 30, there are not a lot of players playing even close to peak. And by 32, 33, almost nobody is playing even close to their peak. And, you know, we had our, our three best players are in that definitely the gray area and having played so many Playoff games, you know, you can add a year or two to their age, basketball-wise. So, you know, San Antonio went through that, right? They they dominated for so long, and finally they got so old they couldn't do it anymore. But So that's kind of the bad news. But I think the good news is that the Warriors seem to really have a knack of playing to the level of competition. You know, when they're playing bad teams, they seem to have the attitude, we have nothing to prove, we're defending champs multiple times, you know. Do we have to be our best against Charlotte tonight? No, we, we can beat these guys in our sleep. And sometimes they lose. But when they're playing the top teams, they're, for the most part, they're right there and they've won some big games. So when they get to the playoffs, there's just going to be top teams that they have to prove themselves against. So, you know, I, I look at it a little bit that way. And then finally, I think the other bit of good news is that so many of these games have come down to, you know, you change two or three possessions and it changes the outcome of these games. We're not talking about 
you know, huge difference, especially some of these close losses. And I just think that, you know, Wiggins started the season better, and then with his illness and stuff, has been down. Thompson's gone the other way around, right? He started not so good shooting, and now he's coming around. If those guys both get in sync at the same time, I, I think that alone is enough to get the Warriors to start winning some of these games that they're losing now. Um, so I, I'm, I'm still pretty optimistic as long as they can stay healthy uh, the rest of the way. I, I just do, you know, even when the season started, frankly, and I'm a longtime season ticket holder for the Warriors going back to way back to World Be Free days, so way back. Wow. But wow. I, I looked at the season, frankly, as a, that the Warriors might take it the season a little bit like 82-game exhibition season, and then, then the real season starts in the well, sure. No, yeah. Oh, we lost you there at lost the end, Sean. Zach. No, I, Zach, I, I agree. I, I agree with all all of that. I mean, I, as far as playing up to the competition and treating the the eighty two as kind of a slog, it it's been far worse than I would have anticipated. And I I thought it was going to be bad, like the championship hangover and then dealing with injuries. And and I think one of the reasons it has been bad has been the fact that they really have not gotten anything from the young players other than Kaminga in that stretch right before the new year, before he got hurt. And then since he's come back, I think Kaminga has been a factor, but, but other than that, they, the young players have just given them nothing, which I think they thought they were going to be a much. Absolutely. Remember, remember, remember the first day of, of, I think it was before training camp when Steve Kerr and Bob Myers were up at the podium at Chase center and you know, training camp was going to begin, I think the next day. And, and Steve Kerr said that he thought this team had, the depth that was comparable to the 2014-15 team that won the first championship. And I I will never forget sitting there in the front row, kind of, and I almost, like, if Steve had been looking at me, he would have been like, because I, 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 I almost, it's one of those where, like, you almost couldn't visibly hide the, the cringe-worthy mm. face of, like, did he just say that? And I kind of, like, looked at, like, did he really just say that? Like, there is no way in hell this team had that level of depth and talent. Uh, but I don't think anybody thought that the lack of depth would be as pronounced as it's been with so little production or value from the from the young players top to bottom. But that was the plan. You could see that every year. Everybody, everybody, of course, is trying to get better. Even if you've won the championship, you're trying to get better. And I think that's a really key point here as we try to figure out where they are and how they got here and how they get out of this situation they're in. I agree with you. Clearly, part of the plan for this year was, all right, we lost Porter. He was good. And Peyton, he was he was really good. And Bielitsa helped us. But we've, we've added some veterans. And we're going to get boosts from Kuminga and Wiseman and Moody. That was part of the plan this year. Those guys will help us. You can't count on it, but that's what they were banking on. And Kuminga's had a good year, but obviously the other two have not helped you. So that's part of the reason you're you're where you are is because that boost you were planning on it just it, it hasn't come yet, JD. And there is optimism because the Warriors have played up to the competition that they can compete, but they are expending a lot of energy to to basically be the eight seed right now. And does that take a toll down the line? And, sure. And, you know, again, th- that that I, I think, think we saw that in the play-in year, didn't we? I think we did. No doubt. And and so you know, I don't think anybody disputes whether the Warriors can beat anybody in a series. Like I, I think, but can you beat anybody in a series four times when you don't have home court advantage in any of the series, and maybe even had to win a, a road game in a play-in tournament? You know, which is basically a game seven. Yep. To 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 get to that point, and that's where, as an older team, I do think attrition can be part of it. And look at look at the years the Warriors haven't won the title in all the years that they've been good. It's in part been, and this has happened with other teams that don't win it. It's in part because they break down. Like that's just part of it. Like why did the Warriors not beat Toronto? And I'm not taking anything away from Toronto, but Kevin Durant ripped his Achilles and then Clay Thompson blew out his knee like because there was so much yeah freak plays in Clay's instance but there was so much like the games all meant so much and there was so much wear and tear and just you know high stakes ball that eventually teams break and we've seen the Warriors break other teams over the course of, of playoff series to where guys have gone out Chris Paul John Morant 
others, and and that's benefited the Warriors in in winning the the, the title. Even 16, Curry's banged up but still playing when the Cavs come back and and beat them. Attrition was a part of why they didn't win that title uh, as well, Whitey. Yeah, and to Zach's point, and I appreciate his optimism, and I know we got to get back to the phones, got a lot of people calling here, but if I understood Zach's point correctly, if you lose a game that comes down to, you know, a couple, three possessions, and you lose that game, it's easy to say, wow, the ball didn't bounce our way. When you lose another game and another, and I think the Warriors, what is it, eight games this year where they haven't been able to hold a lead uh, because of a few, two or three possessions, that's not bad luck. That's like, wow, we have a problem. In one game, maybe the yes. ball didn't bounce your way, but over eight games, there's something really important that you're not doing right. No, and, and that that is it. And, and it, at what point do you just become a different team in the playoffs than you've been this season. And that's the conundrum with the Warriors because a lot of fans, and I think the media, look at it objectively and say, well, wait a minute, these guys have been historically great in the big moments in the playoffs, so they're going to be able to do it again. So it's fair to want to give them the benefit of the doubt or be optimistic about it because we've seen them come through in these moments far more often than we haven't to win championships. So it's almost until we actually visibly see them not do it and how it happens they're going to they're going to have an optimistic fan base and, and reason for benefit of the doubt it's fair but i think if they are unable to do it whitey we may look back and go oh well like they, you know in in the game that ultimately does them in or the two or three games that ultimately do them in we're going to be like oh that was like the minnesota game and the orlando game yeah. and yeah. the utah game yeah. and, and all these and all these other games but again i get it you want to give them the benefit of the doubt because of the, the champion's blood and, and, and everything else. Gene in Oakland next here on Warriors This Week. What's up, Gene? Gene the Machine. <laughs> How you doing, fellas? Good, Gene. So, Zach, uh, the previous caller, he said pretty much everything I was going to say. I'm pretty much with him except for the optimism part, unfortunately. Uh, this is, I think we're seeing the natural decline of a dynasty the core of which is in their mid to late 30s or mid 30s. Uh, you know, we're asking uh, the greatest player that's ever put on a Golden State uniform, Steph Curry, to do things at age 35 that, you know, to my recollection, I don't think we've ever seen from somebody that age. You know, with that, with those kinds of demands on the on the uh, on the court. Now, I I'm just afraid that. Uh, we may not, you know, we've been we've been pacing ourselves as I see it the last few years because of the age, uh, because of the wear and tear. I mean, you know, these guys have been together almost 11 years now, talking about the Hall of Fame core again. But it's more like 14 or 15 years if you if you factor in the uh, the playoffs. Yeah, so yeah. they're getting tired. Even even uh, even Wiggins, surprising as it, as it is, uh, is starting to wear down. I mean, he's 28 years old, but with all the work and all the effort he's put in, now we're starting to see problems with him. So I, I don't know. I, I I tend to think that we're just not going to have enough in the tank uh, to to do it this year. No, uh, thanks, Gene. And and I mean that's that's also fair. I mean, if 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 they wind up with not enough in the tank, are you going to be surprised by it, Whitey? I I won't be surprised by it if they win. A couple of playoff series, I won't be surprised by it. If they get the right matchup, and they, I do think they have to play better down the stretch to be able to make a to make a run to get to the finals. Like I think we're going to see it. Like there, if if the Warriors do make a run in the playoffs, we're going to look back and go, oh, you know what? They went fifteen and five in the final twenty, or they went nineteen and eleven in the final thirty. You know, beginning with the with the game tonight. So at that point, I think the conversation shifts, but. If they wind up not having enough, I don't think that's going to be a surprise either this year. At least it shouldn't be because of what we've seen over the course of these last three and a half months. Let me go back to the to the 80s and the Showtime Lakers. And I apologize if I'm going back too far, but I'm making a point. The Lakers, what a great team they have. They had Kareem, who was, you know, who was, he was, he was in his late 30s, and you had Magic, and you had Worthy, and those guys had been through the wars like the Warriors have. And what would they do? I mean, they had to. Of course, they had to keep up with the Celtics. They went out and they got... Like, they got Clay's dad, who was a number one pick, and he came sure. off the bench. And they got Bob McAdoo. 
You know, and he, he was a great shooter for them. And so I think the Warriors are in a position where if they could do something like that, obviously, you know, those guys are available, but they're, they're not going to help you anymore. That's where I think they are right now. And I'm sure they recognize that. I just don't know that they have the flexibility to pull off a move like that. But I think they're in a position now, and I've felt this all year long, that if you could bring in somebody, maybe not a big star, but somebody who is a significant addition even if he's coming off the bench, I think that's really what they need right now to compete for another title. Yeah, they need a boost. There, there's no doubt about it. They need a boost from somewhere, somebody that I think can be plopped into that rotation in addition to the top seven or eight with Kaminga uh, that that you just know can be trusted in, in the playoffs. All right, let, let's pause here. 888-957-9570. We got Eric and Tony and Khaled and Bob and uh, one line open, people have been jumping in. That's T-Dub. T-Dub already took that one, J.D. All right, T-Dub already on the line, so we'll get to all of the callers coming back, and we'll, we'll also examine between now and 1 o'clock the trade deadline and some of the names that could be on the move. It's uh, J.D. and Whitey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Here's this week, 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors This Week. On 95.7 The Game. On a Saturday, 888-957-9570. That full phone line's here for the better part of the last hour. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors and the Mavs tonight. As uh, no Luka Doncic for Dallas in that one. The Warriors have Steph Curry listed as probable with a left lower leg contusion. Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, though questionable for the Warriors. Christian Wood is out for Dallas. Warriors Live comes your way at 4.30. Here on 95.7, the game, the Warriors and the Mavs tip at 5.30 this evening here as uh, Golden State home for Dallas tonight, Whitey, and Oklahoma City on Monday before going to Portland and then the Lakers are in the night before the Super Bowl. Washington the Monday after the Super Bowl. And the Clippers in L.A. And that's it. Six games to go here between now and the All-Star break with the Warriors again trying to separate themselves from the 500 mark. A quick thought uh, before we get back to the phones. On you know, Sean and Hayward earlier, I made note of this and we never addressed it. Uh, Andre Iguodala and his roster spot. Right. I I wonder if and and him potentially being you know being moved. I I think if if he can give him anything in a playoff, the Warriors would like to have him. But I wonder at some point if you know the answer would be waive him and pay him and and just you know and then potentially have him join the the the, the team you know as a coaching staff as a coach member of the coaching staff or whatever. Uh, but there isn't. It's not really pressing at this point to do that because they have a roster spot open to begin with. But 
if the Warriors wanted to do that, Whitey, there is a pathway to doing it, which would be just waive him, pay him his salary, and and see if he wants to join the staff for the rest of the year. I totally understand why a lot of fans feel frustrated that he's not playing. He's taken up, he's on the bench, and they're paying him, and he's not playing. But I think it's important to remember, J.D., that they basically talked him into coming back this year. He didn't necessarily want to come back, and the Warriors really wanted him back. So I think they knew that they could be dealing with a situation like this, and they felt he was valuable enough to take that risk, and we'll see where it goes. As far as him in a coaching future, I'm sure he could do it with his other interests. I don't know that Andre Iguodala will want to go into coaching. He could certainly do it. He just may have other interests going forward. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, you know, the, the, the coaching grind may be too much of a day-to-day grind w- with somebody that has as many other interests as as, as Iguodala does. But uh, I, I think the, the Iguodala problem, though, on the roster is indicative of some, some other, some a, a bigger problem for this Warriors roster that I think we can get into. I want to get to the phone calls, but let's, let's double back to that because as we look at where this Warriors team is and why they are where they are, the, the Iguodala thing is emblematic of 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 the bigger issue here, uh, or rat on the table, as some may say. Uh, Eric in San Francisco, as we go back to the phones here. What's going on, Eric? Yee. Good afternoon, guys. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Um, yeah, so I think I wanted to address one thing and then throw a question out to you. And I think one of the things that's being under-addressed is that the fundamental mistake in the Warriors' drafting philosophy is I think they lost faith in the core's ability to win another title. Because it makes no sense if to take the highest upside Ross players like Wiseman and Kaminga that they did instead of doing something like Chicago offered the four-pick and Wendell Carter for the two-pick. We could have easily taken Wendell Carter and Tyrese Halliburton, who would have been plug-and-play but didn't technically at the time look as if they had as much upside. It's the same thing where we took Kaminga over Wagner. And, I mean, if we just had Wagner, Carter, and Halliburton, I don't think we have this discussion. And I think it's because they just didn't think that the core would be able to get to the mountaintop again. And so I think that's where the fundamental flaw in our drafting happened. Eric, thanks for the call. I agree with Eric. I, I think they did, Whitey, look at the, the core and Clay coming off the multiple injuries. And I think they thought, ah, oh, Steph's getting older. What's the deal with Draymond? I think that was a miscalculation, and then now you look back in hindsight, and you you would love to have some of those more play now players on this Warriors roster. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine if oh, yeah. if Wagner and Halliburton were on the Warriors bench right now? I mean, they'd I, yes. be they'd be a title. Cont- I mean, they would be the they would be the favorite by a wide margin to win the title again yeah um Halliburton just made the all-star team I think we were on the same page those were the two guys in those drafts those were my two guys those were the guys I said ah boy that's who I would take when they they took Wiseman remember they that Kevon Looney's uh future was really uncertain that's part of the reason they took a center and they were just going for the upside I I'm with you and I uh I agree with Eric I I I would have done it differently, but I'm just looking at, okay, why did they do that then? I think they saw Halliburton as a Sean Livingston who could shoot, like a good player, a good defender, but they didn't see that he had as much upside, and I think they felt like two was way too high to take him. Now we see that it probably wasn't, and Eric made a great point. You probably could have gotten him lower if you made a trade. I thought they should have. They didn't. As far as Wagner, we know, J.D., you and I know that the Warriors liked him because we talked the day of the draft or the day before I was doing a show with you and Dibs, and we talked to Brian Scalabrini, and I mentioned Wagner, and he goes, hey, they really like him. He said he had just talked to um, the Brazilian Blur <laughs> about him, right. who was one of the coaches, and he said, yeah, they, they, re- they worked him out, and they really liked him. So they liked both of those players. Maybe there was a split. Maybe they just felt like, you know what, we're going for the upside because at some point we're going to need real stars, and I don't think they saw Wagner and Halliburton as being as good as they are. I know I was talking to a former GM who told me Wagner's better as a pro than he was in college. So some of this they just didn't anticipate, but I believe you were with me. I would have taken both those players as well. Yeah, and and look, I mean, I I, I would have explored the the trade back option for a guy like Halliburton at the time. I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I mean, I think when 
when it came time for the Warriors to make their pick, I, I would have picked Wiseman and Kaminga in the moment. Those were the names that, that I went with, and those are the names that they went with. So and, and it's tough to go – I mean, knowing what we know now about Halliburton being an all-star and knowing what we know now about how good of a player Wagner is, like it's, it's tough to go back now that we have all the information and we know how these players have played out and say, oh, the Warriors made a mistake. That's not really where I'm going with it. More, It's just more – of the, you know, take five seconds and, and think to yourself, man, could you imagine oh, yeah. if, if, if those two were, were on the Warriors bench and the core had turned into the core that, you know, they showed that they could make another go at it as they did uh, a, a year ago. But I think the the reasoning and the thought process behind it, I think Eric is is spot on with that. It was, well, maybe the championship days are done, and so it's time to develop. Uh, even if it was going to take longer to develop. Like, I think the Warriors were comfortable with the fact that the players they drafted were going to take longer to develop because there was going to be a higher upside in Kaminga and Wiseman specifically. The problem is it's taken them long to develop, but they are completely unable, other than Kaminga really lately, to be a factor at all as bench players, and that's the part where it's it's frustrating because I think it, it relates to the point that I wanted to get into about Igadala, Whitey, which is you look at this Warriors roster right now with the 14 full contract players and the two two-way players, and, I mean, go up and down. I mean, they don't – they have six, seven spots that just aren't helping at all mm-hmm. right now. Like, that is way too many, and Igadala. Igadala is part of that equation when, when you look at it. I mean, for a team to have 14 – let's just say 16 if you count the two-way players and really only have not eight, nine you trust out of the 16. I mean, that means you have seven or eight roster spots that are just giving you nothing for a team that, when they're right, shows you that that top six or seven could still be a title contender. That mismatch is really tough to palate, I think, if you're a Warriors fan right now. Yeah, and if they had just asked Eric and I, we would have had Halliburton and uh, and Wagner here. That's why when you say, can you imagine that? I did love Halliburton, that? though. Yeah. I did I, love Halliburton, When though. you say, can you imagine I, that? I've not, spent, not at two. I, I've spent a lot of time imagining that, but here we are, and and uh, Wagner may end up being the the best player in that draft. It's too early to say that, but he's been a little bit of a surprise. I will I will admit that as well. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. It is Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game with J.D. and Whitey. Let's get back to Tony in San Mateo uh, next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Tony. How are you guys doing? Um, I just want to go at the core real quick. Um, all respect to the core, but there, it's a lot of miles is running heavy on them legs. And I find it – I think it's very unfair by the core – um, not seeing what Inga Dollar did when he first came in. Uh, he knew that he was on a declining stage to where he couldn't give you 25, he can give you 18, maybe 15. Doing what Carmelo didn't do, didn't want to do, just go to the bench. Um, who's out of the core, who's on to decline the most? And who needs to go to the bench? And who needs to go to and, and replace that bench player that's, that's going into the bench? I think Draymond needs to go to that bench and, and organize that young core. They they owe that to the core because look, we got four championships, two two without uh, KD and two with KD. Um, what do you guys have to give to the to fan base after that? After this, after the core, after the core, after the core is done, y'all got y'all go give us pool. That's it. We need James Wiseman or somebody in that starting lineup with two or three to the core that they have. One of the starters has to come out and go to that bench, or bring in Carmelo and uh, Carmelo Anthony to replace Porter Jr. Um, of last year. Carmelo Anthony. All right, what? Th- thanks for the call. <laughs> T- Tony was kind of all over the place a little he bit. Said there. Uh, he said last year. He said last year. Yeah. As far as who needs to go to the bench, that's the problem for the Warriors. Nobody. Like you're not like uh, among the core player. Like nobody among the core is playing badly enough to where they need to be coming off the bench. And there is nobody on the bench that's playing well enough to where you say that person needs to be a starter. In a perfect world, Whitey, James Wiseman would be able to to you know be a, a productive, positive twelve and ten player in the dunker spot 
you know, with playing high energy minutes at the center and could play with Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Like in a perfect world, that would be what the Warriors would hope they would have in the kid three years into his NBA career. The reality is, though, he can't provide that in an effective manner. He may be able to get his numbers, but it's not going to affect winning. And the coaching staff knows it, which is why he's buried on the bench. And it just, I mean, that's the conundrum. There aren't, none of these young players deserve any more opportunity than they've had and the and the older players are still good enough to where they don't necessarily need to be replaced yeah i if i understood tony's point i think he's talking about something that a lot of warrior fans think about and we talk about a lot which is all right at some point you got to replenish your core and your core now is getting older so you got to plug in the new guys but where they are now it's like you've got you're trying to build this bridge to the future and your older guys are starting you're not sure you can get there with them so all right we bring the younger guys in well these pieces aren't long enough they don't they don't get us there and we thought they would be better equipped to bridge that space for us Wiseman and not to hammer on Wiseman because people always come down my road about how I'm I'm a hate a Wiseman hater but what Bob Myers said to Guru this week was um it was very insightful and he said look Goo I I like you. I, you seem like a really good guy. I'd put you on the team, but you have to be able to play. And he said, Wiseman, some of the stuff where he would have been able to play, he was hurt. There was a pandemic. So that's where it is right now. He's got to be ready, but that's why he hasn't played more. He hasn't shown the ability to play well. The Warriors would love to be able to say, huh, should we start him? Maybe, maybe we should start him. But that right now is a ridiculous question for them. So that's why they're not doing it. And I'm going to say this, and, and I don't, I don't, this doesn't, I hope it doesn't come out wrong, but I'm just going to be blunt about it. And, and I'll let you maybe, you know, ask me to clarify in a manner that you think is appropriate. But the, the Warriors championship veteran core players don't owe the young core bleep. No. Like that's just, the, 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 that's the reality. Like they just, they don't owe them anything as far, you know, show up absorb we're gonna lead you but but as far as this whole like this, this whole taking you know we're gonna take all these guys under your wing and make you the next me like it, it doesn't work that way like they can be productive players but this notion it, it was a fairy tale that that these that the warrior veterans were gonna turn this young group into the next version of them it was unfair to everybody to expect that now should it be better than it's been should some of these young players be more productive in a in a playoff rotation or in a regular season rotation to this point you'd hope so they're not that's part of the reason why the warriors are a 500 team it's disappointing i think the front office Everybody needs to be examined as to why the development isn't farther along. I think all of those things are are fair questions. I also think some of these players aren't as good as they were projected to be, which is part of it. It's not only the development, but the core owes the young guys squat, Whitey. Okay, I would agree with that, but I would also push back on the if you're suggesting that one of the reasons the young players aren't further developed is because the veterans haven't helped them more. And I don't think that's what you're saying, but I know they have because I think we have seen moments where they have coached them along. I agree. The veterans don't owe them anything, but I think we've seen a lot of that. They have been been giving they have been. I just don't think they agree with the whole philosophy. I don't think the veterans agree with the way the Warriors have approached this through the draft. At the same time, they don't blame the players that they've drafted and they have tried to help them. Sure, hundred percent. And, and but there has been this disconnect, I think, between the two eras. And it's it's the championship core wanting to do things a certain way, wanting to coast, knowing what needs to be done in a regular season to win enough and get through it. And then you've got the young players who just have not fit. I mean, I think the simplest way to put it is the young players, for the most part, and and Kaminga's coming along lately. I I don't I don't I should almost put him in a different category, but. The young players don't totally, and I think even Kaminga, you could say this about, don't totally fit the Warriors system. Like, they're figuring out a way for him to help now, so I think they get credit for the creativity that it's taking to do that. Put him on ball defensively, try to simplify his offensive game a little bit. You know, tell him you play your ass, you play hard, play your ass off, you're going to get minutes. They've tried to simplify it to where it's been workable with Kaminga, but but the, the reality of the whole thing, Whitey, the young players don't fit the Warriors system, and they aren't good enough on their own to to just to, to be able to play and, and hold themselves up even as a bench in the NBA. 
and they don't have value because they haven't played enough and played well enough to, to where you're making a trade. So the Warriors, in some ways, are stuck. And that, that means you just you can't really do anything right now. And, you know, maybe they develop, but they're going to develop at a point where they're not going to help this team. And right now, Steph and Clay and Draymond and those guys, they're worried about this team potentially having a shot at making another run. Hell, right now they're waiting for this team to try to avoid the freaking play-in tournament, for crying out loud, in a mediocre Western Conference. Miss me with this Western Conference. Everybody's beating up each other. There's never been more talent. The Western Conference stinks. It does. The Western Conference stinks. And the Warriors are still 500. The West stinks. It's 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 despicable, deplorable. The the to me they're the underachievement of the Warriors, Suns, Clippers, uh, and 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 I'll I'll leave those teams. Those okay. three teams. I thought you're going to go Dallas there. I thought you're going to name Dallas for a maybe, minute. Maybe maybe I, I just don't think Dallas is very good. But they yeah, overachieved th- but those last three year. Teams should all be better than they are. Well, that's why the trade deadline is so crucial because if any one of those teams, anybody in the West, I know Denver's looking at making some moves because they're very serious about making a run at a championship this year. If any of those teams is able to pull off a significant move, then all of a sudden this whole thing, which is so mishmashed in the middle, especially if it tilts towards one of these teams, then the whole equation changes going forward. And if anybody's going to do that, um, the Warriors have to make sure they do everything they can to make sure they have a shot at being that team, but it just doesn't look likely. Even Memphis is not playing at the level that they played Frauds. At last year. They're still the, they're still the two seed by default. But I mean, you look up and down. I mean, there's we did this a couple of weeks ago. There's there's like three teams in the West that are better than they were last year. It's it's like it's it's Denver, Sac. And and basically, it's de- I'm looking at the Lakers, but the Lakers are 25 and 28 because they were so bad last year. They were worse than that. I mean, it's basically and, and if you want to throw OKC in there, that's fine. Yeah. But two of those teams are, are bottom five teams right now in the West. Everybody else in the West is worse than they were a year ago, and in some ways, worse by a significant margin. I still think the Pelicans have promised if they can get Ingram and. Zion back and Zion's supposed to be running now, but obviously he, they, neither one of them has, they don't play many games. If they can get them back, they're a, a serious team to keep an eye on, but it's a big open question for them. All right. 888-957-9570. Back to the phones. Little mini, mini rant over. Uh, let's go to Khaled and Clayton next here on, on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Khaled. Hey, JD. Hey, Whitey. It's always good to hear you guys, and thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I'm going to try to go a little bit of a different route than everybody else has been going because, you know, we, we can talk about the turnovers ad nauseum and it's it's not going to change anything. I think there's a lot of, uh, the Warriors get lackadaisical and they've always done that, but there's a little bit more of the unconventional, just stupid turnovers that have bled into the, yep. the, um, yep that have bled into the the veterans, that's the most frustrating. Because yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, I almost you know, I, I almost had a Dallas Cowboys fan video punching my TV <laughs> the other day watching Steph just throw that ball away when he had both Draymond and Looney right there. And neither Draymond or Looney are looking, and I'm sitting there saying, Steph, why are you giving the ball up? There's nobody putting pressure on you. Why are you throwing it away to activate it when the guys aren't looking? So to me, those are the frustrating ones. That kind of reminds me of the behind-the-back pass that Steph tried to do in, mm. in the Game 7 and threw the ball away trying to get it to Clay rather than just doing a, a basic pass over to him. And it's just, you know, just frustrating when you see that. But I – and maybe you guys can explain it. You know, the other day, Wiseman, you know, is sealing off his guy and has, you know, a smaller defender completely sealed off in front. And Kerr has to see this. For whatever reason, Ty Jerome – just refuses to throw the ball to the inside when a guy's got someone sealed. I've seen it a few times, whether it's Draymond or someone else. And I think Ty Jerome's trying to get his own because I think he kind of sees the writing on the wall. He may not be on this team, you know, because they may just cut him once he gets to the 50 because they have to make a decision between Jerome and Lamb. But I sit there and say to myself, Ty Jerome has been effective when he's playing off the ball and getting it passed with the kick out and he takes the shot. But, but Kerr is letting him go out there and try to run the offense, and the guy refuses 
to get the ball either into the post or get it over to the guys that have a better chance of either scoring on the mid-range or going to the, to the hole. And are you guys seeing the same thing, or am I just going nuts? No, I don't think you're going nuts. Thanks, Khaled. I think as far as it, there are times where it looks as if Wiseman, I think especially when you stop the video on your screen and or screenshot it, looks more open than he is. I think DiVincenzo, though, has been the lone warrior player that's really looked for him when he does have his man sealed or when there might be a, a, a lob-type opportunity uh, to throw it up to him and, and let him go up and, and, and finish it. I know the the other part of that is there were a couple of plays where they didn't get Wiseman the ball, and then he kind of pouted in the in the Denver game and and didn't get back. And I think you know those are the kinds of things that are going to get you DNP coach's decision for a week if if you know it's it's taken a certain way by the staff. So not the best look for Wiseman. I do think there are times though where yeah they could find him a little bit more than they have. It's just I think not in the Warriors nature of how they run their system to think that that play is open, a posting center down by the basket. I remember being in La Jolla for camp when George Carl was coaching the Kings. So this was what 2016 or 17 2016 maybe we were talking about post-ups and the Warriors and 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 the question came up and I remember George Carl asking a couple of reporters, who who posts up on the Warriors? And he says, you know, somebody said, maybe Clay sometimes. My point is, you don't see that from the Warriors a lot. And yet, when James Wiseman's in the game, he's down there, like, calling for the ball the low post right. almost every time. So I don't know the answer. It's a great question, Khaled. I have to talk to the coaches or somebody and find out, do you want him doing that? And if you want him doing that, our guys maybe do they need to be a little more uh, willing to give him the ball? It's a weird thing because you don't see other Warrior centers do that, right, J.D.? You certainly don't see Loon down there like calling for the ball at the block. Wiseman does well, it all the time. And then, you know, like he did that little turn hook. I don't know that he has much of a low post game right now. So it's a really interesting situation, him down there calling for the ball and not getting it. I'm not sure they want him doing that so much, but I need to find out. It's an aspect of his game that I think he's confident in in trying to do something, and then it's just not gelling, and I think he gets ticked off when they don't hit him because I think that's the way that he thinks, hey, I can help. Get me the ball. I can help. I can score on this guy. Yeah. Again, it goes back to the disconnect. Yes, yes. It goes back to the disconnect between the Warriors system and Wiseman, some of the veteran players and Wiseman. All right, we're overdue for a break. 888-957-9570. Final hour straight ahead. JD and Whitey, 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 